What up, Kay? Halo! Hey, horror, wine, and crime peeps. What up, our favorite strangers? Yes, welcome back for another uh, fun episode. So, uh, hit some exciting things. We uh, hit up some haunted houses since we've been gone. Yes, um, me and Lo went with her fam to Erebus, um, like, last week. And some Pontiac, Michigan. Yes. You guys aren't familiar yeah, I say it like everyone would know. Um, <laughs> but it's if you live around here, you know that one. It's like very well known. Um, it was the first time for me. Yes. And how did you how did you like it for your first time? Well, um, my podcast partner was supposed to hold my hand, but she failed. Um, she got a little... when it got time to do it. I feel like it was more of everybody for themselves type of situation. Yeah. Also, it's like. I feel like there's lots of, like, you have to duck and, like, I was talking maneuver. About you. you didn't hold my hand. I know, I know. I was saying because <laughs> we had to, like, duck and maneuver and, like, work around and I was distracted with everything going on. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It was fun. One of the machines touched my butt, so that was kind of funny. Harassment. I know. <laughs> um, husband did some funny effects in one of the rooms. He had to go into, like, the small swamp thing. So that was kind of funny watching him kind of get too into the rooms. Um, he was diving into it. <laughs> he's definitely testing his acting skills. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it was fun. Now you went to a different one with some other friends. Yeah, Saturday. I actually went with um, cousins of mine. Um, a couple of them came in from out of town. And we went to this haunted asylum. So it's an old insane asylum. Um near Detroit, Michigan, called Eloise. Um, And they just this year turned it into a haunted house for, obviously, the month of October. Isn't it sponsored by Alice Cooper? Is that the one? Oh, I think you told me that, and I didn't know that. But, I yes, I believe that that is the one. Um, Yeah, they spent, like, like, they invested, like, a million or millions of dollars into it or something like that because somebody bought it. They typically do... um, like tours throughout the year and I feel like that'd be cool to like kind of get the history background of everything um but it was cool I more so was into like looking around because like we walked through like the old um crematorium and like all that um but it was like a typical haunted house as far as like the props and the actors um so I wasn't like super impressed on that front but as far as like the building I think it'd be pretty like sick to walk through there. Do yeah, they have open tours right here? They used to. Um, I know somebody bought the building now, and I don't know if they're doing that. I'm sure they will because it's just like more money to make off of it. Um, but they they definitely used to, and I just feel like it'd be so cool to get uh, just all the details on everything that happened there because it is. They say it's haunted. I did get some weird eerie vibes, but that could have just been you know me in my head thinking about it. But it was cool. We'll have to check it out. I know when me and the husband just got back from Trevor City, um, we missed the tunnel tour for the asylum there. Yeah. Um, they turned it into shops and restaurants. Um, so we got to do that part. But to go through the actual tunnel part, we kind of dropped the ball. I didn't know how to make reservations for it. And then we were only there such a short trip. It was like a one-night stay. Right. So we didn't get a chance to do it. But I would like to go back. Yeah, definitely on the bucket list too. for there. Yeah. But yeah. we made it to the Haunted Hippie Tree, which is like the portal to hell. Yeah, the name of that is just terrifying. Hippie Trees? 
No, the portal to hell. Well, they don't have that on the sign. That's when oh, I researched it. I thought it. that's how they were, like, advertising it. I'm like, dang. No, when I researched, like, what is the hippie tree, and it's the people you would run from the asylum into the woods and through that path to get away. And then over time, people started spray painting in all different colors, and that's why the hippie okay. tree. But they say that was the portal to, like, hell, because that's where all the crazies would run through and... Gotcha. Whatever they would do, I don't know. Okay, so that but, was your own behind-the-scenes Yeah, research, I did post a few pictures it. on the Facebook um, of me by the trees and stuff. Yeah, the um, trees looked super cool. Like it was how cool, they were just even to walk by. I mean, I didn't... Aside from the creepy guy that was stretching to go for a run yeah. in a shirt and dress slacks, and <laughs> my husband told me to stop suspicioning everybody, and I'm like, who stretches to go for a run in Dockers and... A button up. Yeah. Sorry. It looked a little suspicious. I turned my head a couple of times as I'm walking, and he's just like, oh my God, watch more Disney, will you? <laughs> yeah, definitely interesting outfit choice to go for a jog. I mean, I guess maybe he was like on a break. Waiting for that for one work. single girl to go for a run by herself. Or then... that, yeah. That too. <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> um, so, have you caught the new episodes for a season of You? I'm. So, I'm caught up to season three and i've only watched the first episode so far and they start off strong with the first episode <laughs> okay i'm not gonna give too much away because i can't because i'm only in episode three okay. of season three but it's intense pretty quick i feel like it's gonna it was good it's good i can't wait to finish i just it had to fit into my timing because i also binged to watch one of us is lying um, before that, so that was a good one, too. It's kind of like Gossip Girl meets Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, you you were kind of telling me about that, and it sounds, I mean, it sounds right up my alley, so I feel like I want to get on that. Uh, Definitely, that's that a good one. one. It's a book series. I didn't know that. I tried to get my daughter to watch it with me, but, of course, anything I suggest, she's just going to do the opposite because Mom picked it, so it can't be cool. Ah, oh, but she would so like that. Because she likes Pretty Little Liars, right? Everything I pick. It took me six months to get her to watch Coyote Ugly, and then she ended up loving it. So I mean, how could you not love that movie? What? Let's be honest. <laughs> but yeah, um, super excited to kind of dive into this. Um, while Today, while we're talking about Silence of the Lambs. Um, oh, yeah, if you didn't catch that uh, the intro... Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't catch what that was, that was from The Silence of the Lambs, which I'm sure you see by the title of this episode. There was our fun little clue. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, we are drinking Sun Pop Strawberry Moscato today. Um, never heard of this brand before, but it's not disappointing, so. It's very sweet and very, like, desserty kind of, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You described it, like, perfectly when you said, like, if it was, like, a summer day, it would be, like, sitting outside, it would be, like, the perfect drink. If it was, like, 90 degrees out or 80 degrees out, and that was, like, super cold, it'd be just, like, the perfect... Yeah. Refreshing drink, for sure. But yeah, let's, uh, let's get into this. Um, so, I'm sure a lot of you have seen The Silence of the Lambs, because it's iconic, but if you don't know what it is, um, it's a film, and it follows... A woman named Clarice Starling. Uh, she is a top student at the FBI's training academy. And Jack Crawford, who is the agent in charge of the behavioral science unit of the FBI in Quantico, Virginia, 
Well, he wants Clarice to interview Dr. Hannibal Lecter, who is, he's a brilliant psychiatrist, but he just also happens to be a violent psychopath cannibal. Um, and he's serving life behind bars for various acts of murder and cannibalism. Delightful. <laughs> now, the reason Crawford is having Clarice go and interview Hannibal Lecter is because he believes that Lecter may have the knowledge and insight into a case following an unknown serial killing man who people are calling Buffalo Bill. Now, I just gotta say... <laughs> Damn it. What? Did I... Were you... <laughs> What? Are you going to help me? Oh, no, I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> Should I? You brought it up. I wasn't even going to say anything. <laughs> now you have to out yourself because you brought it up. <laughs> so during the research and stuff, I'm hoping I'm not the only one out there. But I kind of thought Buffalo Bill was like the real cannibal that they were using the name in the movie. And then I started researching it, and the first one I came up was, like, an Indian from way back when. <laughs> that story. And then I come to find out that he is not real. So I just decided to, like, really just concentrate that it was pretty much based on Ed Gein instead. <laughs> um, but Buffalo Bill is just for Science of the Lambs, but I thought it was based on... The true killer in Silence of the Lamb is a whole thing. I feel like you're not the only one, though, because I feel like I've heard that from other people, too. And, like, when I was, like, looking into this, I, like, Googled if it was real, um, and I couldn't find anything. But then you said that, and I'm like, maybe it is real. I don't know. So we were kind of, like, going back and forth, too. <laughs> and now that I know Crystal wasn't going to out me, we can just fast forward back to what she was saying. <laughs> I know. Hey, you called, I wasn't even going to say it. <laughs> You called yourself out there. <laughs> well, when you start the sentence with, I gotta say, that's usually when you have a side story. That's right, usually right. your tell. And it went way sideways to the other way, and I thought you were gonna... This is true. It's a little bit of a side uh, a side thing from what I was gonna say, but it was not gonna be that. <laughs> okay. Continue on, my friend. I, I was just gonna say that I hadn't seen this movie since I was like 12 or 13, um, and then I obviously just rewatched it, like, this past week, um, because we were doing this episode. But, like, boy, does this movie just hit different and have such a different effect watching it as an adult than it did, like, as a young teenager. Like, it just makes a lot more sense. It's kind of more intense because it, like, sinks in a little bit more, because I was just confused watching it as a kid. But, yeah, the details were just much more clear <laughs> this time around, so, uh... Yeah, it just, it just kind of, like, blew my mind when I watched it the second time because I'm like, wow, this is way different than I remembered. <laughs> now, they did have, like, a stellar cast um, for this movie. Like, all the icons, I think, were in here. There was Jodie Foster. Love her. Best. Um, she plays Clarice. And then Anthony Hopkins, who was also great. He plays the insane Hannibal Lecter. Scott Glenn played Jack Crawford. Ted Levine played Buffalo Bill. Frank Seals Jr., he played the creepy guy um, who was kidnapping and killing the girls, you know, putting them in the hole, asking for the lotion. <laughs> <laughs> or, I'm sorry, not asking for it, telling them to put the lotion on. So, and of course, Brooke Smith playing victim Catherine Martin, who obviously gets over this and becomes a nurse. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. She survived. 
She made it. She made it on to bigger and better Spoiler things. Spoiler alert. <laughs> she turned her life around and became a doctor. <laughs> so, The Silence of the Lambs is a 1991 American psychological horror film directed by Jonathan Demme and written by Ted Talley. And it was adapted from Thomas Harris's 1988 novel, The Silence of the Lambs. It was released on February 14th, 1991, and it grossed $272 million worldwide on a $19 million budget. Whoa. Right. And became the high, the fifth highest grossing film of 91 worldwide. It won an Academy Awards for major, for five categories, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. So they cleaned up that night. There was a party somewhere. Yeah, seriously. It was also the only Best Picture winner widely considered a horror film and one of only six horror films that have been nominated in the category with The Exorcist, Jaws, Sixth Sense, Black Swan, Get Out. So yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a hit. It was a hit. <laughs> it was a hit. <laughs> so let's kind of just, like, go over the plot of the movie um, and everything, like, that happened, things that kind of stuck out to us. Um, so the film is set in 1990, and it kind of just begins with Clarice uh, being pulled from her FBI training at the Quantico, Virginia FBI Academy by Jack Crawford. Um, like I said, the Bureau's behavioral science unit agent. Um, and yeah, he assigns her to interview uh, Hannibal Lecter. And yeah, he's a former psychiatrist, incarcerated, cannibalistic serial killer. So fun for her. <laughs> fun little trip for Clarice there. Um, Crawford believes Lecter's insight, like we said, could prove useful. Um, figuring out who Buffalo Bill is um, and you know, why he kills young women and he removes their skin from their bodies, which is just, just gross. <laughs> so Clarice agrees to this interview with Hannibal Lecter and she arrives at the Baltimore, Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, where he's being held. Uh, she's greeted by Dr. Frederick Chilton, who is the director of the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. And to be honest, this guy, like, grossed me out, uh... He, of course, hit on Clarice um, as if she, you know, already wasn't feeling uncomfortable enough just being there. Um, but he also just seems like really full of himself. So wasn't his biggest fan personally. Um, so Dr. Chilton escorts Clarice down to where Lecter's cell is. And can I just say this place is like a freaking cellar on total and maximum lockdown, which like I obviously get because you know, insane murdering cannibal people are there. Uh, but it's just weird to think that places like these actually exist in the world, uh, which is just scary to think about. Kind of like now that I was in that Eloise haunted house thing, seeing the inside and like all the tunnels in the basement area and stuff. I'm like, well, oh, yep, I get it. Kind of it's a little scary. Um, yeah. Anywho, Clarice sits down in front of Hannibal Lecter and his glass encased cell which he was the only one with a glass encased one all the other guys had like the bars like the typical ones um and he's very calm when he speaks and he kind of he speaks very intelligent he's pretty intrigued with Clarice right off the bat 
probably because she's like the first woman he's seen in like years, uh, but also because she tells him that she's just a student in the FBI and finds... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make you um, lose your train of thought. I was just thinking it was a ding, ding, ding moment. Oh, okay. Like this whole movie, he's like in this glass case. Yeah. And she's on the other side. And we've been watching you, and that's where he put all of his people yes. was in, like, this kind of thing that he was in. In the glass encasement thing, yeah, And a weird hole in a basement yeah. of a store or whatever it was at. Yeah, so guys, if you ever see a glass encasement thing, run. <laughs> run so, the other way. I was just having a ding, ding, ding moment. You looked at me like I said something wrong, or I was like, oh, shit, did I, like, did something not happen, or did I say no, something No, I was wrong? just, I didn't want to interrupt, but. No, that's okay. It was no, one but... of those things that it hit you, and I'm like. You're like, connection! I found a connection! Seriously, though. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt. People are probably going to get mad because they want to hear the story. I'm going to sit back now. Go ahead. No, people aren't going to get mad. And if they do, who cares? Because I like that uh, you pointed that out. Because <laughs> we're watching that. Um, But yeah, she just tells him that she's, you know, just a student in the FBI. And he kind of finds it, like, fascinating that Agent Crawford sent a student to speak with him and not himself or, like, one of his other agents. Um, He's, like, very intrigued about this for some reason. So the conversation between them kind of starts off pretty pleasant and polite, I'd say. But once Clarice starts getting down to business and asking Hannibal questions that were prepared for his interview, he basically tells her to F off and uh, isn't very helpful at all. So Clarice starts to leave. And, like, can I just say what happened next was so disgusting, and I just was not expecting it at all. Like, I didn't remember it. Um, so Clarice is passing by another prisoner's cell when she's leaving. His name was Miggs, and he literally flings um, his his um, semen at her, and it lands on her face. And when I tell you the amount of cringe that I had after watching that part... It was no joke. Like, I wanted to shower after watching that. <laughs> oh, it was so gross. But yeah, uh, Lecter, who he considered that also an unspeakably ugly act, which he said, uh, which like, yeah, same, I agree. Uh, he calls Starling back and tells her to seek out his old patient. Uh, this leads her to like this storage facility where she kind of is just walking around and there's just a bunch of old antique type things but then she discovers a jar containing a man's severed head um should i have been shocked i don't know but i was so you don't just have heads laying around i know i don't know who am i <laughs> so clarice returns to visit lecter after her scary head in the jar and dis- discovery and he tells her that a man a.k.a. the head, (laughs) is linked to Buffalo Bill. He then offers to profile Buffalo Bill for her on the condition that he be transferred away from Chilton because he pretty much hates it there, probably because there's no windows and he draws different sites to look at in a place not having a window. So after Clarice leaves there and heads back to the FBI headquarters, Another one of Buffalo Bill's victims is found. While her body is being looked over, we see missing skin, but also to find death, um, a death's head of a moth, which is a specific type of moth lodged in her throat. Ugh. I know. That scene cringes me. Ugh, I know. Um, and definitely 
there's some meaning behind that. Then we actually see Buffalo Bill abduct his sixth, I'm sorry, his next victim, Catherine Martin, who is the daughter of a United States senator. He does this by being outside his van in her apartment, complex parking lot, looking like he's got a sprained wrist and struggling with putting a couch into the van. Sweet Catherine goes to offer him help. And that's when he beats her and shoves her into the back of the van. Which, can I say, didn't she, like, hop in the van to pull it? Yeah, that was stupid on her part. Yeah. People yeah. do better. Like, that's nice that she went to go help, but um, that I don't ever go to help people. Because, like, I've watched too many things like this. wedged in between a back of a van and a couch. Like, yeah, exactly. So, I just want to say... Yeah, not the greatest move on her part. (laughs) In desperation to find Catherine, Crawford authorizes Clarice to offer Lecter a fake deal, promising a prison transfer if he provides information that helps him capture Buffalo Bill and rescue Catherine. Instead, Lecter demands a quid pro quo from Sterling. Offering clues about Buffalo Bill in exchange for personal information She agrees and ends up telling Lecter about her father's murder when she was 10 years old. Now, Chilton secretly records the conversation and reveals to Lecter that the deal Clarice offered was in fact fake. So Chilton then offered Lecter a different deal. Lecter agrees and is flown to Memphis where he meets and basically torments Senator Martin then gives her false information on Buffalo Bill, including that his name is Louise Friend. Clever name. Yeah. Which, I feel terrible for this woman. Her daughter is missing, and with this psychopath killer, she's just desperately searching for answers. And here's Hannibal Lecter, the one person who can help find Buffalo Bill, and he gives false info, And then just grossly says inappropriate and uncomfortable things to her about her breastfeeding Catherine and stuff like that. Yeah, that was just disgusting and just horrible. Ugh. But if the one guy didn't open his trap, things could have been... He was so... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like him either. Mm Mm-mm. So Clarice being super smart figures out that Louis friend, the guy Lecter falsely claimed to be Buffalo Bill is actually an anagram of iron sulfate, or fool's gold. She visits Lecter, and who is now imprisoned in a cell in Tennessee courthouse, and asks him for the truth. Lecter says all the information she needs and is contained that is contained about Buffalo Bill in the case file, and then insists on her continuing to tell him about her past. So basically, to get him to shut up, about her and reveal more facts about the Buffalo Bill case, she gives him what he wants and tells him about her traumatic childhood incident of hearing spring lambs being slaughtered on the relative's farm in Montana that she was living on after her father died. Lecter speculates that Clarice hopes that saving Catherine will end the reoccurring nightmares she's had of lambs screaming. Lecter returns the Buffalo Bill case files to Clarice as Chilton arrives and as the police escort her from the building. Suck it, Chilton. That part, I have to say. <laughs> wait, what did you say? I said, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> suck it, Chilton. <laughs> um, but that part, when he's like, 
going over, you know, the screaming lambs or whatever, like, that she remembers hearing. I totally forgot about that also from the first time I saw it. And I kind of, like, was thinking, why is this called The Silence of the Lambs as I'm watching it? And then this part happens, and I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. (laughs) That fits. It's all coming together. Yeah. (laughs) Later that night, the two guards watching Lecter go to his cell to bring him to dinner. They lock up his hands with handcuffs to the cell, but Lecter has kept a bone from his previous meal and has been sharpening it against his teeth. (laughs) He uses this to unlock the handcuffs and ends up killing the guards. That was a brutal scene. Yeah. And one of them is graphically disemboweled. He manages to escape from the cell, but taking one guard's skin off of his face and placing it over his... Mm-hmm. and escapes through the ambulance and disappears. I mean, pretty dang smart, but... Yeah. Like, graphic and horrible, but, like, also, like, you know, kind of genius on his part. I wonder if people would do it now. Oh, God, probably. People are nuts. I know, but I meant, like, the whole COVID thing. Oh, I mean, I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do, I that's guess. That's six feet apart. That's, yeah. that's really face-to-face. Skin-on-skin contact, you know what I mean? I shouldn't make jokes. I shouldn't make jokes. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> We're just, you know, we just try to make light of funny situations. After collective analyzation of all the girls Buffalo Bill seems to go after, we see the pattern that he does this to a bigger sized woman um, because I guess he starves for them starves them for a little while to loosen the weight lose her skin so this way when he goes to cut it off their body he also shoves the dead moths down their throat to symbolize metamorphosis and change can we stop shoving moths in people's mouths yeah hashtag stop shoving moths down people's throats Clarice, <laughs> Clarice analyzes Lecter's file and figures out that Buffalo Bill knew his first victim, Frederica? Yeah. Bimmel. Clarice then travels to Frederica's Ohio hometown and discovers that both she and Buffalo Bill were tailors. At Frederica's home, she notices an, un- an unfinished dress and dress patterns identical to the patches of the skin removed from the victims. She calls Crawford after seeing this and says Buffalo Bill is making a suit with human skin. Ugh. Still makes me, like, shiver. (laughs) Crawford is already en route to make an arrest, having Crawford referenced Lecter's notes with hospital archives and finding a man named James Gum. Gum smuggled smuggled death malls into the U.S. and was refused a sex change operation, mistakenly believing he was transsexual. Starling continues interviewing Frederica's friends while Crawford and FBI HRT storm Gum's address in Illinois, but they end up finding an empty house. Meanwhile, Starling goes to interview another person who knew Frederica. At the house, she meets Jack Gordon, but soon realizes he is Gum after spotting a death moth flying loose around the house. She chases after him into a creepy-filled basement and finds Catherine trapped down in the well. 
as Clarice is in a room looking for him, Gum actually turns off all the lights and stalks her with, like, night vision goggles. Which, like, that's so freaking scary, you know, just to be looking for a serial killer in a basement. And then on top of that, it's pitch black and you know that he's, like, somewhere lurking around. But yeah, he ends up revealing himself by cocking his revolver um, of his gun, and then Clarice reacts quickly, um, you know, like the badass bitch that she is, um, and shoots him dead. Uh, We love a female hero. But the movie ends at the FBI Academy graduation party where Clarice receives a phone call from Lecter, who is at a Bimini airport. He assures her that he has no intention of pursuing her, and requests she return the same favor, which she said she obviously can't promise because, you know, serial killer. Um, (laughs) Lecter hangs up, uh, hanging up the phone because he is, quote, having an old friend for dinner. And we then see him trail after Chilton into the crowd, which (laughs) I don't blame him. He hated him. And if he's a serial killer, I'm not surprised that he was going after him. Um, But yeah, that's uh, the iconic movie right there. It's just, like, the right amount of creepy, gross, and suspenseful, and just interesting. Did you ever get out of it, though, that, like, he loved her? Yeah. Like, Like, it was a twisted love story on his side? Yes, because he, like, got to know her on, like, a subconscious level and, like, you know, her fears and things that keep her up at night. I feel like he did, in a twisted way, kind of, like, fall in love with her. And, like, she maybe cared a little bit about him if he wasn't, like, a cannibal psycho. Right. Yeah. Like, she kind of wishes, like, I wish she wasn't that, like, I don't know, like, she felt, in a weird way, safe with him. In yeah. In a fucked up way, in a, though. Yeah, in a very, you get what very I'm, like, fucked up way. Not yeah. really safe. Like, I don't think, by the end of the movie, I feel like she felt like she wasn't in danger from him. No. You could tell when they were talking on the phone, like, she wasn't scared to be hearing from him. You I know what I mean? I think she kind of liked picking his brain. Yeah. Like, she was It was, very like, fascinating and, to her. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it was, like, one of those unspoken things where, like, everyone watching it just kind of felt it, but, like, nobody, like, said it. Like, he wasn't like, I love you or anything like that. But, but it could have been it. a beginning of a beautiful friendship. Right, yeah. In a messed up way. In a very, yeah, in a very messed up way. <laughs> Some of the iconic lines that we had to include in this film, because there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you heard in the beginning, um, but there was, like, Hannibal... You know, or he's like a censor. Taker once tried to test me. I hate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> oh, you even did the noise! <laughs> that was, oh, that was probably, my ears. That was probably cringy. Um, no, it was great. When Clarice first visits him. And then the, I'm having an old friend for dinner. Hannibal says when he's on the phone to Clarice after the end. Well, when he escapes. Um, she literally just said that um, <laughs> yeah. but uh then there was the J- james gum aka buffalo bill when he's putting on his makeup and talking to the mayor he's like would you fuck me i'd fuck me i'd fuck me hard why did you make me say this <laughs> sorry it really was not uh, intentional I swear I did not do that intentionally. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, all that, that confidence, though, that he had. Sorry, Mama. I know you're going to hear that. 
And finally, of course, while Clarice had the lamb stopped screaming, is Hannibal talking on the phone to Clarice after she catches Buffalo Bill. The first thing he asks her is if the lambs have stopped screaming. Reference to prior conversation they had they, where they were talk and she talked about it. And uh, did she say if they did? Um, I don't, I don't think she really answered. I feel like she was like, where the F are you? <laughs> kind of like listening. To yeah. Okay. And then uh, we all obviously um, need to talk about how Hannibal Lecter never said, hello, Clarice, in Silence of the Lambs. Mandela effect. Yes. The line that most people think was quoted is actually, good evening, Clarice. That is just so... False, I feel like. I feel like in other things that I've watched where people reference that or, like, things that, like, that I've listened to. Of course, I can't think of one on the spot. But, like, I've seen so many people be like, hello, Clarice. Dude, I say it all the time when my friend calls. I'll pick up the phone and I'll say it as I answer the phone. And one time I did it in front of my husband. And he's like, you know, that's not what she he says. And I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, look it up. And I'm like, <gasps> The lies they've told myself all these years. Yeah, like, where did that come from? Why does everyone think that that was one of the lines? Because that was, like, I mean, if you, if before I found that out, I would have said that was, like, the most iconic thing that anyone said in that movie was, hello, Clarice, because I've heard it so many times before. But the fact that it's not even in there, I'm mind blown. Yeah, there's um, another one. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Casablanca. It's an older movie. Um, very long time ago. But in the movie... She says, you know, play it again, and or something similar. And the quote's always been from the movie, play it again, Sam, and it's never been said. But that's what everybody says. That's so weird. That's like some, Man- yeah, Mandela effect shit right there. <laughs> yeah. If you have any cool ones, um, please email us and let us know, or Facebook us, let us know, because uh, I would definitely like to look them up and share them with yeah, everybody. Yeah, we love that. Those are intriguing, like... Burn stain bears. What the heck? <laughs> it's not a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so some interesting facts just behind the, the Silence of the Lambs. Um, even though it was just a movie, um, fun fact for you, Buffalo Bill, we kind of talked about this a little bit when Lo, you know, it called herself out. <laughs> but You're <he> was, welcome. <laughs> yeah. But he was inspired by real-life serial killers. Um, they kind of used a couple of them to create this character, such as Jerry Brudos. Uh, he dressed up in his victim's clothing and kept their shoes. I don't know if he had, like, a weird shoe fetish. I don't know why he kept the shoes. Um, and then Ed Ed Jean or Gain, how did you say it? I usually pronounce it Ed Gain. Ed Gain, Okay. Yeah, he fashioned uh, trophies and keepsakes from the bones and skin of corpses that he dug up at cemeteries. Um, And he also made a female skin suit and skin masks, which is, you know, just lovely. Um, Very crafty of him. Uh, However, the main inspiration behind Buffalo Bill, I guess, was a man and serial killer named Gary Heidnick. He built and designed a torture chamber in the basement of his home in North Philadelphia, Born and raised. Sorry, I had to say that. Playing some b-ball outside. <laughs> oh, 
But yeah, that's where he lured both prostitutes and mentally challenged adults, um, holding them captive for sex. And Heidnick constructed his house of horrors just over the course of several months. He dug up the basement, bought chains to hold the women and bars for the windows. So kind of like the same Buffalo Bill basement situation in this movie. Or gray. Or, yeah, or gray. (laughs) Depends on which way you want to take it. Could go either way, I guess. (laughs) Consent, though, is a big difference between the two. (laughs) Yeah, But yeah, experts are split on the verdict of whether Gary was pure evil or just simply insane. Uh, What is certain, though, was that his goal was to have his own harem, uh, a place where he could have his own farm of women who would give birth to his children. He realized that no woman would undergo this voluntarily, obviously, so he decided to begin abducting them one by one in the winter of 1986. Scary world out there. It's what I gotta say about that. Um, now, while Dr. Hannibal Lecter isn't exactly real as well, he is based off of an actual individual. In the 1960s, writer Thomas Harris was visiting the Tapo Chico Penitentiary in Nuevo Leon, Mexico, while working on a story for Argosy, uh, which was an American pulp fiction magazine. Uh, I guess it ran for like 96 years. Um, But yeah, the 23-year-old Harris was interviewing prison Dykes Askew Simmons. Simmons was committed to the prison's mental ward and was sentenced to death for a triple murder, and he bribed a guard to help him escape. The guard took money and let Simmons escape, but only temporarily. He shot Simmons during his break instead, uh, double-crossing the prisoner who was expecting the guard to double-cross the prisoner he worked for. So yeah, as Simmons laid on the ground, kind of bleeding out, another inmate, Dr. Alfredo Bali Trevino, rushed to his side and not only stopped his bleeding, but treated the gunshot wound, kind of just saving his life. Um, So that's kind of interesting backstory on how these characters were created. Um, Not really sure where the idea of cannibalism came into that but i guess you know that was probably just used to like push the envelope and make hannibal lecter you know just that much more interesting give it a little twist (laughs) yeah i uh some other fun facts uh believe it or not silence of the lambs was released on valentine's day 1991 Aw, such a sweetheart movie to go see (laughs) how romantic that movie would be to see on that day but but kind of smart because your woman's gonna cuddle up next to you that's like, you know what close. i might be a little freaked out that's true that is true um so that could have been a well played on uh his part yeah. now michelle pfeiffer was actually first choice to play clarice in the movie jodie foster initially wanted to buy the film's rights to Thomas's book herself, but Hackman beat her to it. She then settled for fighting for the role of FBI agent Clarice Starling, and obviously she won that fight. Sean Connery was the first choice for Hannibal. He had read the script and found it revolting. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> right. But Daniel Day-Lewis and Derek Jaboki, Jab- Jacoby, maybe? Jacoby was also considered, but of course, Anthony Anthony Hopkins beat him out of the room. 
I mean, you look back on it, and I couldn't see anybody else doing it now. Right. Kind of. Like, I can't see Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, maybe I could. But I feel like Jodie Foster just, like, totally made that iconic that, like, I, yeah. it just would seem so weird if somebody else And again, else like, Anthony it. Hopkins, after seeing him do it for so long, it's like... Yeah, no one can play it like him. Scott Glenn broke down in tears while researching his role as Jack Crawford for Sounds of the Lambs. Douglas gave Glenn a tour of the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit in Quantico. After hearing the tapes of the serial killers, Lawrence Bidaker and Roy Norris, raping and torturing 16-year-old girl, Glenn walked out in tears and was suddenly in favor of the death penalty. Which, uh, I mean, after hearing those tapes... Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine hearing that, like, and not feeling the same way as him and walking out crying, because that's just, ugh, messed up. Buffalo's Bill's house in Silence of the Lambs was the home of a high school psychics teacher, which I thought was funny because this horrible house in the movie is actually a wholesome teacher's house. Yeah. Like, how did they, like, just find this, like, physic teacher to, like, use his house? Like, I just think that's so random. Excuse me, can we borrow your house for two days? Right? (laughs) Ted Levine needed a little liquid courage before shooting his dance scene. I mean, a lot of liquid courage if I was him. <laughs> right. Um, but a couple of shots of tequila did the trick. Yep. Uh, I love to know that, that he, like, like, took shots of tequila to, like, loosen up his nerves before that scene. Lick it, slam it, suck it. Yep. <laughs> the skull on the moth. And the movie poster is from a photo of Salvador Dali, which is the image taken from in Vulturous Moors. The photo of Salvador posing next to a skull made up of seven naked women. It was inspired by the Dali sketch and taken by photographer Felipe Halsman. Yeah, I didn't even know. Like, I kind of looked closer. I never really fully looked at, like, the you know, cover art for the movie. But I was looking closer. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's like so much detail actually in this cover that I just never noticed. Yeah, I have, um, I got a shirt and I also got an extra matching shirt. Um, I might have to throw in for like a a giveaway. Oh yeah. Um, I got it for a friend and then I never saw that friend again. (laughs) Another so, story for another time. Um, I got a new Sons Lamb shirt if anybody's interested. <laughs> Buffalo Bill shirt. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that was fun to rewatch and kind of dig into. Um, yeah, for sure. It's definitely like you said, different of watching it from the first time as a kid to watching it again as an adult. Um, you see it with a different perspective totally different perspective i don't even i can't even tell you what i thought about it when i was like i was like 12 or something yeah i think when i watched it i just thought it was like cat versus mouse fbi save the girl in the hole type right yeah and then you just notice so many like extra fucked up details (laughs) um i did see the other two it's been quite a while so i really can't dive into details with you Mm -hmm. i've never seen them okay well, we'll have to sit down and rewatch them. Yeah. Um, got Edward Norton, which I like him. I think he plays in... Okay. Is Hannibal Lecter make a return or no? I don't... 
if he did the second one, I don't remember if he did the third one. Again, it's been a very, very long time. Right. So, I don't want to say yay or nay because I don't remember. So, obviously, we have to go back. We'll keep it a surprise. (laughs) But speaking of surprises, um, it's not really a surprise. But after listening to this one, don't forget to check in to next week because we have a follow-up that's going to has really nothing to do with this episode but to do with this episode yeah in like a in like a central theme kind of way fun way yeah exactly so definitely check in next week um because it'll kind of go hand in hand so to speak mm-hmm. and let me tell you it is twisted <laughs> it is twisted <laughs> so don't forget to share your halloween stories with us yes um, Halloween will be over the time we record our next episode. So hopefully you guys will have fun and be safe. Send us pictures of your costumes too. Like make smart choices. Yeah. And maybe we'll do a little, uh, here we go. I got it. So if you email us pictures of your costume, we will send the the silence of the lambs t-shirt um, it's ordered by Wish, so it's like a 4X, but it's really not that big. It's just because Wish is... Runs very small. <laughs> yeah, so it's really an average extra large shirt. Um, whoever sends us the pictures, um, favorite costume, will get that shirt for free. I love that idea. Yes, horrorwineandcrime at gmail.com. So, yeah, send your Halloween pictures in, whether it's you or a friend or... Whatever, favorite costume will win a Silence of the Lambs shirt. Yes, and if you want, we will um, post your pictures on our Facebook, too, for sending them in. Um, obviously, let us know if you want them posted or not, and we'll respect whatever way you want to go. But, yeah, that's a great idea. You can even tag us on Facebook straight if you want, and just do hashtag Silence of the Lamb contest. Perfect, yeah. And then this way we'll know you're entering or you can send it through Facebook private, however you want to do it. Even Instagram just, Messenger, or if you post your pictures, tag us, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll view them all and so, yep. review it. Hashtag Silence of the Lamb contest with your Halloween costume on, and uh, we will pick the best one, and you'll get a free t-shirt, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Cool. That's exciting. All right. Well, this has been fun and exciting. Yes, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Or, you know, listen, talk to you next week. (laughs) I guess you won't see us, but, you know, (laughs) stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, and hi and bye, best friend Dax Shepard. We forgot to say it. So, Dax Shepard, if you're listening, hi. Hi. We love you. (laughs) All right, now, bye. (laughs) Bye.